Welcome to the Tales from Travellers podcast, a show that aims to share the unique experiences of expats, travellers, and those who have chosen to make life abroad. I'm your host, Greg, and through our guests' unique experiences, we will explore the challenges and rewards of adjusting to a new culture, making new connections, pursuing a career, or even raising a family in a different part of the world. Whether you're a seasoned traveller or new to the expat lifestyle, this podcast could be an insightful tool or just a fun distraction if you're thinking about moving abroad. Today, I'm joined by Dara and Aisha, a couple from the UK who are tired of the London rat race and decided to plant new family roots and move abroad. Also, they could spend more time with their family, enjoy a bit more sun, and just enjoy living a life that is very different to what many are experiencing in the UK. So join me today as I learn about the decisions to move, the process of moving, and the results of the big move. So the first questions first to both of you. Where are you in the world right now? Um, so we are in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. How long have you two been out there now? Well, I say you two, but how long has the family been out there? So we moved on the 1st of August, so it's been about eight months. Yeah, just over just over eight months, moved some of last year. Speaking in a post-COVID world, speaking of last year, time just seems so much longer now. I haven't got a grasp of exactly what year it is. But obviously coming into the start of April 2023, August, you've had quite an experience so far. And I suppose the another big question that a lot of people tend to ask themselves before they move abroad is, what is the reason for moving? Why did you decide to leave the UK? Um, Aisha, let me, let me ask this question to you first. What was the catalyst for you wanting to leave the UK? So I feel like it's something that's been in me for a really long time. It's not, it wasn't just last year that it was just like, oh, let's just move. Um, I'd actually lived abroad before, so I've got some family roots in Kenya and we'd moved there. Um, I'm a, like a teacher, so I worked out there for a couple of years and then COVID happened. We came back to the UK um, and it was just, I just, even though like all, that's where I've lived, like, We've lived both of us. We've lived there all our life. We've born born in the UK, born in London. It just felt like just not the right place to just be like long term, like in terms of like just the weather, like what you said earlier, like the rat race. Just wanted to slow down and just have a different kind of lifestyle, and also just financially as well. You know, just always feel like you're chasing your tail, like just working so hard, and it's just never like just always planning for like a holiday when actually like there are options out there where you can live on holiday and we just yeah it was just just decided to go for it right yeah who was the one who came to the other first when it came to just an idea you know was it one of those kind of covid walks in the parks when we were allowed out and did did you turn to Aisha and be like how do you feel about just just leaving should we just just leave England it was it was kind of you know bit more a bit deeper than that from our side you know where it just manifested between us you know it was it wasn't really words we just both knew our in like in our hearts that we didn't want to we didn't see our long-term future in the UK so I think as you said that post-covid world where you know for us it was actually a lot about you know for me in particular a lot about reflection you know looking back at okay well what's the life that I want to to live you know what's the legacy we want to leave behind for our children and um yeah i i knew i knew Aisha was on the same page you know? and so i think that's one of the things that really brought us together is that we both share the same vision you know that we want to build a life in an environment that we feel 
is more aligned with you know our own ways we want to live you know our own value systems in terms of how we want to educate and you know feed our children and our grandchildren and you know we we decided yeah actually like why wait why wait till we retire you know why wait till we get to a point where you know we're in our 60s and it's a lot harder to make this to do the physical things that we want to do so um we thought actually why again because of because of covid because of obviously what the events that happened we thought you know you only live once you know you might as well just go for it and so we did i mean that, that that sounds like such a wonderful wonderful reason thinking about your children obviously you both both parents you mentioned that you're from london obviously the people who i know who lived in london mentioned it's um as rewarding as it is stressful but before the thing about moving abroad was there a discussion about maybe moving to a quieter region like moving like further like down south to more of the countryside of england or was abroad was that it? Was it abroad or bust? Yeah, it's pretty much the thing. UK, from us, you no. Know, again, growing up in UK, our experiences, you know, we, um, you know, if you look at our culture, look at from our side, you know, again, our story, you know, uh, a lot of our grandparents, our grandparents weren't born in the UK. You know, they immigrated over, you know, and they were told of a life that they'll be able to build, and you know, they. We now look at our siblings and our our our. our um, you know, people at our age, obviously in our family, who can't even afford to buy a house, you know. So we and we, our our grandparents left land, you know, they left massive estates, you know, to come over to the UK. So we always, so we thought, no, let's let's go back to the sun and let's see what we can build, you know, in a place that you know our, our ancestors left, you know, and um, that kind of was a, a drive for us, really. And you know, when it comes to like, <clears throat> excuse me, when it comes to like we it was a consideration as well like you know where where should we go mm. and when it comes to like moving out of london it very much was a case of well we're going to be away from our family and friends anyway if we move out of london if we move far away yeah but we're still going to have the same situation when it comes to the rat race really like leaving our house all day to go and pay for pay for our house to go to, to work and the weather which really affected both of us like I know that a lot of people don't mind the weather, but like months of grey, like just yeah, we just weren't feeling that. Yeah, <laughs> we, you know, we like the winters in that way, and you know, so yeah, that's that's the UK. It was always like the sun, that. wasn't it? It was always we go somewhere hot. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I can't blame. You. I suppose a lot of people aim to go for the you know twenty plus thirty degree heat. I'm a I'm always a bit more on the fence with them because I just tend to burn in 15 degree heat. I, I, I blame that on the Scandinavian blood in me, but yeah, the wife's <laughs> obsessed with the tropical heat. So we've got a wonderful mix between us. Both of you talking about you've got family. All the family in London or around London? I mean, I've got a lot of family in the US as well um, and some in Jamaica um, and Guyana. Um, um, yeah, you've got family, but most of them, most of them. Most of them in the UK, you know, small amount of family in Kenya and, you know, but in terms of like the family that is like the, your immediate family, I guess. Yeah, all in the UK. UK yeah. yeah. So I suppose this kind of already answered my next question, but uh, Aisha, just from Darren's answer, let's say majority of the family, immediate family in, in the UK, how did they take the news when you broke to them that, we're thinking about leaving the UK. We're gonna become. We're gonna expatriate. What was their initial response? So we didn't go to anybody with the. We're thinking about this. Like we 
waited until we had decided really didn't we we everything was kind of you know job was sorted we knew we had a plan it wasn't like we've got this idea um it was very much like so this is this is what we're doing this is where we're going um and yeah like it was something that it's really hard like for you know my my mum personally you know like my, my sister like well, I've only got one sister and you know we've both got children and it is difficult to to have those conversations and to really explain why you're doing something that they wouldn't do as well because it's it's different if everyone's of that same mindset as well but it's not like that like you know our family are quite happy living in London right they're yeah. making their lives in the UK um so in one sense you know there is that sense of go and live your life and go and you know do what is right for you but on the other sense there is that you know you missing missing your family and that fear as well because no one has ever been to Tanzania we've never been to Tanzania our family's never been to Tanzania so there was also that very much like what are you doing just going into the complete unknown to a place that you've never been to um like are you sure about this kind of but I've I've always been like the odd kind of not the oddballs but kind of like just different like within our family you know so kind of also it was a bit expected to do something like yeah it's one of those like, yeah. you know thing yeah there it does always tend to be one in the family who is the uh the I suppose the, the little travel bug the one who gets bitten by and wants to see more experience more and again mo moving somewhere that you've both never experienced must is part of the excitement um so before i go on to the question of why tanzania i just want to come back quickly to darren you mentioned you've got family in the u.s you've got some family in jamaica was there a conversation about shifting to the u.s or again jamaica or were you looking for somewhere different based on work obviously aisha uh, you're a teacher but yeah was was jamaica or somewhere in the u.s an option yeah i mean the u.s not really um you know i always found like the u.s was nice to visit but i wouldn't i never imagined myself living there um and but in terms of jamaica yeah it was considered you know guyana was considered um you know but i like the idea and we like the idea of you know east africa you know and you know being at jamaica for example it's a beautiful place but you know it's an island you know obviously the uk is an island but it's a very small island, you know, so you're disconnected from the mainland, you know, that you can, you, know, you can just, that, that kind of infrastructure, you know, so island life is very, very different to, to being on a continent. Um, so we, uh, see, so yeah, we had considered those options as well. But then obviously Tanzania is the one that you, you landed on. Um, Aisha, um, start off with you. What was the decision for Tanzania? Was it like number four on the list was it number one or was it the last place you considered <laughs> how did you two land on tanzania so again like it was it's so wild when we kind of recall the story isn't it because it wasn't really like that it was just in casual conversation where we would just be talking about darren had a uncle in ghana. ghana and it was something that he was like visiting ghana and saying amazing things about Ghana and you know Darren mentioned that or oh, what about like Ghana as an option and I because I've got roots in Kenya I've been to Kenya before I kind of knew East Africa as a region a little bit from experience and 
wasn't really keen to go back to Kenya, really, but we, we just landed on it as a, like, a, how about, what about Tanzania? Like, I've heard some good things about Tanzania. It's, it's East Africa. Let's look into it. And um, we did some research and found that it was really safe. And that was one of the things about, like, living in Nairobi that was an issue, really. Um, so an, an option that was very safe um, really appealed to us. And it was it's still kind of a bit behind Kenya in terms of like development and in terms of like infrastructure. And we saw that as a great opportunity for us in terms of what we're trying to do. You know, we want to buy land and build a house and, you know, doing those kind of things in a country that is still developing in that way. We saw as great opportunity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so really it was not and it, it was very much kind of like. We like the idea of Tanzania let's not even put too much pressure on it and let's just see and if it opens up for us and if it happens it happens and that means that we should do it and if it doesn't then okay and yeah exactly you know and there's also there's a lots of lots of things as we continue like learning about the place that really continued like ticking making it affirming should i say that actually this is a good move you know and we also like the fact it was different we like the fact that there's a place that not many people had considered, you know, in that way, um, you know, Ghana, for example, you know, there's a lot of the diaspora moving to Ghana. There's a lot of people from the UK, from the Caribbean, moving to Ghana. And, you know, we, um, obviously that's, that's an, there's an amazing reason for that. But for us, we like the idea of just going a bit off the beaten track, you know, and uh, doing, going somewhere where, you know, it is a bit untouched in that way. Um, and Tanz the more we discovered about Tanzania, the more we realised actually, yeah, this this is somewhere that you know could really really work for us. Um, you know, the safety, as Aisha mentioned, and you know was voted you know a very uh, a growing economy, one of the you know fastest growing economies in in Africa. Um, so yeah, when uh, we just, you saw the job, there was a job that came up, and we thought, why not? Was uh, was was the job through? through Tez or was yeah. it uh, Tez and how, how long have you been a teacher if you don't mind me asking I've been a teacher it's my seventh year now um yeah I retrained after after having kids and became a teacher so I was working in the UK um and I saw a job on Tess in Arusha actually which is um North Tanzania and near Kilimanjaro and applied for the job and didn't get it and that was very much like, oh, you know, maybe Tanzania's not meant to be because if it was, I'd have got the job and I didn't get the job. So maybe we need to just like, we were very open at just looking at other options, maybe staying another year in the UK and just seeing like, you know, what worked, what, 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 what came through for us. And then Darren just randomly mentioned one day, it was a Friday, and he randomly said, oh, I really like the idea of living near near the beach and living near the sea. And then the next day on a Saturday, I saw his job on Tess in Dar es Salaam. And just being, again, it's just, I didn't really know anything much about Dar es Salaam. So I Googled it and it was like, oh, guess what? Dar es Salaam's on the coast, uh, right near the beach. I think I should apply for this job. And I did. And um, I applied, like, it's such a long process as well. Like when you're a teacher, like doing the application forms, it took me like, the whole weekend to get it done but literally I applied and on Monday they got back to me with wanting more info and an interview and it just 
just rolled from there, really. Oh wow! And what what kind of school are you are you working in? In a... so I'm working at an international British international school. Um, so it's like a group of schools. There's like twelve schools in the group, um, and yeah, so it's like the same system, the same UK system that I've like taught in before, the same British system that the the kids have been in school in, same curriculum. Um, yeah, and it's here in Dar es Salaam. It's one of the only kind of like big British international schools here. And I'm going to naturally assume, uh, obviously, your children are both going to the school that, that you're working in as well. Yes. So, obviously, when it comes to being a couple moving abroad, that's quite a leap. I, I know I've spoken to a few who are moving abroad and they've gone through the whole visa process moving. And it's quite stressful just for them to. But you are the first kind of family that have moved abroad as a unit, as a whole family. So the big question that a lot of people ask themselves just moving from different counties in the UK is how are the kids going to settle into a new school? Are they going to make new friends? And kids, I was one of them when my parents first moved, having a massive freak out about making new friends. How did your children find it? How, you know, bringing like, um, was it three children to Tanzania? I imagine that that's quite a lot to go through. But could you take me through the process of breaking the news to your children and then getting them ready to move and then doing the move with them. How was that with the children? Uh, yeah. Um, so the kids, it was it's different it was different with the rest of the family. With the kids, they were very much like part of the process from the beginning. So before we even looked at jobs, it was a conversation that was had like with the kids, like, is this something that you would be open to? Are you willing to like move move abroad again where where would you like to go we're looking at this place so like before I even applied for the job in Arusha I spoke to them about it you know like this is the place this is the school and you know they went off and googled it and had a look at the things that you know affect them like the uniform color um, <laughs> um so similarly for the job in Dar you know it's um the group of schools is a school that they're familiar with because it's quite a big group of schools in East Africa and you know we told them about it you know this is the school this is the place and they were all kind of on board before I even got the job so that was a massive indicator for us as well that actually like this is the right thing for us to do because if the kids had been really massively resistant I think it would have been really difficult to be like no actually like we're definitely going to do this even though you really don't want to so they were all quite kind of open to the idea um and then obviously I got the job and then we had some time to prepare um and yeah like since we've moved there is there is always that worry isn't it about them making friends and adapting and you know they have made they've made lots of friends and we've been really lucky here as well that the culture is so welcoming that they've just been like embraced within within friendship circles and it's been really warm and really like lovely for them in that way. But having said that, like, you know, Alicia's 14 and she was quite settled in her secondary school and in her friends. And it is something that they miss. It is like they miss the family back in London. They miss their cousins. They miss their friends. They miss being able to just, you know, get on a bus. And go to and, Westfield. Yeah. Go, yeah, exactly. Go to the park. Yeah. Do those things that, you know, they, they, that they can't do here. So again, it's something that we just talk about, you know, we have like family meetings and we discuss it that, you know, it's, it's okay to 
enjoy your life here and you know in love the fact that you know we have pets here that we never had in the UK and we've got a massive house here that we didn't have in London it's okay to enjoy that but also feel that sad that you know we're missing out on family time and on our friends and on our freedom so just having that balance and it is only eight months so it's still you know while we feel like we've been here quite a long time now we are still settling in it's still relatively new and mm. we promised them that we would take them back to London so that they get their like London fix. London fix yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, yeah, a, a little bit of London goes a long way. But um, <laughs> it's just the little things. It's the little things you don't realise you miss until that, until you don't have them. You know, it's that especially for them, it's that convenience culture. You know, the mm. Uber Eats and you know the Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime, <laughs> and order something and it's here the next day. You know, and you know it's all those little conveniences that. Um, you just don't have here but then on a, of the balance of that everything here is you know, really fresh you know and everything here is you know really experienced and really enriching in that way because you do have to put a bit of effort to get it and then you reap the rewards of it fully you know and again these are just kind of what we like to teach our, our children we want them to learn these values yeah. and you can't just everything isn't just that Instant. you know you want it and you get it like you know it's not that's not really and it's amazing to give things you can live without as well you know like things yeah, exactly. that even for me personally like you know it was oh I want this so let me just Amazon like just Amazon just get it the next day and just not being able to do that and actually being realizing that oh I didn't need it anyway like it's fine yeah I think when a lot of people realize the difference between want and need it kind of really yeah. changes your view on everything I think that's a fundamental thing when it comes to traveling and just moving abroad you don't have to worry about having a um you know the the, I don't know, the, the latest DVD that has to come tomorrow so you can keep the kids entertained there's so much more out there. And as you mentioned, you've moved near the beach. You're, you're getting lots of obviously fresh fruit, food, lots of like welcoming people. Um, but what, what about um, you, Darren? Tell me, um, what, is your, what is your profession? Obviously, Aisha's come over here working as a teacher. What, what was your career in England and what are you doing obviously out in Tanzania? Yeah, so my career in the UK, um, a lot around HR um, and well-being and culture. You know, so my pre my the last role I had when I was in the UK was head of people for behavioral insights consultancy. And so it's always been a very much a passion of mine to, you know, we both study psychology and university and, you know, been passionate about helping people with their, their mental state. And um, I thought it was an opportunity to do the same stuff out here because, you know, this is a place where there's, there isn't a lot of people building these type of processes, you know, not, there's a lot of people talking about mental health as a, you know, day-to-day -day struggle instead of it being a perceived as a mental illness. You know, it's actually something that we all deal with every single day. Um, so that's what I'm doing out here, you know, working with companies and NGOs to um, really help uh, improve or create, improve, uh, I guess, amplify the awareness that you know, mental health is something that you know, we all should be looking at and all should be talking about and employers should be really considering the mental health and well-being of their staff to create a better culture and environment for them. Um, 100%. Yeah. That's, I think, from my point of view, coming obviously within the UK, um, again, after COVID, I don't like rambling on about it too much, but after COVID, a lot of people really took stock of their mental health and how they should take time for themselves, find a job that allows them to embrace themselves. And that hybrid work model did really help a lot of people. Um, 
obviously you mentioned that in Tanzania it's still growing this is still kind of like everything's developing businesses are coming in what kind of um, businesses are you working with are they kind of more let's just say western based companies or are they more kind of companies based around Africa and uh, East Africa and Tanzania are they more local companies or are they international as well yeah well we're still starting out really because this is a venture that we've only just properly launched um you know the first few months mm. really me having not even been to Africa before, you know, let alone Tanzania, um, was just acclimatizing to, you know, the culture and the environment, learning the language, um, and just spend some time just to read, decide how best to navigate in, in building a business. Um, so we've only really just started, and but the opportunity to work with, you know, you've got brands like the WHO, the World Health Organization, you have um, UNICEF, you have, you know, big hotel groups uh, and chains mm-hmm. on the Hyatt, um, you've also got, you know, photo, like big telecom companies, you've got oil and gas companies, you've got, you know, and again, these are international organizations with massive East African connections and brands. Because, you know, if the thing about being in Africa is that this is where the resources are. So yeah. where you're in the UK, you're working with the commercial hubs, you know, here you're working with, this is where they get the raw materials. This is where, this is where they manufacture, this is where they, so, um, you get a lot of the raw materials that they export across the world so these are massive hubs of uh, of uh, organizations and who hire hundreds and thousands of staff you know so um yeah there, there are organizations out here to to work with for sure if anything in where all the resources coming from and as the world is demanding more resources i can imagine you know uh, hr mental health and everything is going to be so much more important um, not just these businesses but also that's going to eventually benefit you know everyone around the world and all the consumers you you mentioned obviously learning the language and obviously these companies that are based out there a lot of international ones but you also mentioned earlier that a lot of people look to expat go to places like ghana some of these kind of i suppose more known because that's where everyone tends to go what is the expat community like in your area at the moment obviously you're at a british school are you, is it a lot of expats or is it still making friends with just the locals shall we say yeah there's a lot of um, there's a big expat community in what is actually quite an international expat community. You know, what people forget is colonization really happened, you know, in Africa. And so, you know, this in Tanzania was a former British colony. So you know, everything over here is, you know, so there's a big you know, British connection to, you know, connection to, to the UK. There's a big connection to the US. Um, there's, there's a lot, there's a big German community. There's a big Italian community. There's a big, a Turkish community, so it actually is quite international. You know, not just UK expats, but you expats from all over Europe and the US. Um, see, actually, at the school, you know, you've got see the, the the teaching community there. A lot of them are for, are from the UK as well. Um, yeah, there's quite a lot of British teachers um, at my school, but the majority of like the students are East African, um, like East African. East African children. Um, yeah. There's an American school as well, which is linked to the US Embassy that has a lot more kind of American students um, and yeah. a lot of international students as well. Um, but yeah, there is there is a big, uh, it's not a massive expat community, I wouldn't say. There is an expat presence though here for sure. Yeah, well, more than I guess than what I would imagine. Okay. You know. Just kind of on this idea of obviously British school, lots of British teachers. 
one thing I've got a lot of friends over here in the UK who are teachers who understandably it's um a di- been a difficult time for a long time for teachers when it comes to pay cost of cost of living and obviously there have been strikes happening here but with all the teachers that are now in your school are they all moving for the same reason they want they want better mental health they want a better way of living they want to have they want to enjoy their life outside of the school um, is everyone on a similar wavelength as you Aisha? So it's really kind of quite unique um, in my school because there's quite a few like British teachers that moved here as kind of like single young travellers, I guess, like years ago and just ended up never leaving. So whilst they're still kind of ex- expats in that way, they're very much settled here and got married to, you know, um, to Tanzanians and had children. So it is it is a little bit different in that way. There's not, we're the only people that moved like last year um, to this school. Um, But in general, like, you know, I've got teaching friends and like in general, like in terms of like teaching community that like I'm aware of, there are a lot of teachers that are moving to, to different countries. And the thing is, is that in the UK, when you're a teacher in the UK, it is, you know, as everyone knows, it is extremely hard work you know it really is like so full-on and having that balance between like family life and your own mental health and your job trying to do everything well is something that is I think an impossible task so you know when you move to like an international school there is different stresses and there's different pressures you know there's very different in terms of the kind of relationships that you have to build with parents you know because they're your stakeholders they're the fee payers you know there's different when you work for a school like I'm working for it is a business you know so there is different um things that you're expected to do but you know you get a housing allowance and you get flights home every year and you know you get medical insurance and things like that that also you know just make it better as well class sizes you know yeah, the average much class, class size is a lot smaller so you know the Again, the stress is strain. Some year groups have a the total year group is thirty kids, like less than that, you know, twenty six yeah. in the whole year. You know, and that's you know less than one. That's more than one class in the UK. Yeah, you know, so yeah. I, I can imagine just that that in itself is a lot less stress. How yeah, is the um, how is the shift in kind of teaching? Have you found yourself having a different teaching style? Obviously, you mentioned you know one year groups the size of one class, but how are the what is the difference in teaching, obviously, the children back home versus teaching children where you're at now? Has it shifted your way of, of, of teaching? Yeah, so I think that it's, you know, you have to be much more mindful of, you know, children that are not, English is not their first language. So, you know, you're really playing catch up a little bit in that sense, because especially in Tanzania, you know, comparatively to Kenya, where English is much more widely spoken in Tanzania, Swahili is very much like the first language of many people. So you kind of have to be really mindful of that. Um, But in terms of like the curriculum, the curriculum is the same. So, but it's kind of, because it's an international school, you have a lot more flexibility on like the way that you teach it, the topics that you teach and making sure that it's also, you're adding in like cultural things that are appropriate for these students while also giving them global perspectives as well. So there is a lot more flexibility in, things that you can teach the subjects that you can the topics that you can teach as well which is great as a teacher because it gives me that you know flexibility as well that I didn't maybe have so much in the UK where you have to kind of teach what what you have to teach right <laughs> yeah 
And you, you mentioned, obviously, uh, English not the first language. Um, mentioned earlier about learning language Swedish. How is the language learning going? Obviously, you've been there since August. Did you pick up, say, Swahili for idiots back in Waterstones when you were back home and like start learning the basics? And now are you doing them much more advanced classes? How, how's the language learning process going for you guys and the kids? Uh, Darren, um, how are you finding it at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. I like it. I like the language and I've had, uh, I've uh, paid for lessons. And so, you know, I've had a, a teacher, a Kiswahili teacher come to the house and, you know, while um, Aisha and the kids were at school, you know, I was, you know, did a lot of stuff about, at home, um, especially in the first six months. So, you know, I invested a lot in practically learning the language, um, which really helped. Um, and plus the culture here as well, you know, people, like in most places when you travel, you know, they see you trying to learn the local language, seeing you trying to speak the local language, even though it's intimidating at first, but the fact that you're trying, it, they're encouraged by that. They like that and they want to help you, you know? So, you know, you get your neighbors teaching you, you get the people at school, the, 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 the support staff at school teaching you, you get, you know, you're in, you're in um, the local shoppers, which is like Tesco and you're talking to them a little bit and they're teaching you, you know, there's, you know, the whole cult, they, they, they embrace the fact that you're embracing the culture in that way, you know, is reflected, you know, back by people trying to help you be better at learning the language. Um, so for me, yeah, it's really helped in it. And, you know, what my teacher taught me as well is that the, the cultural significance of the words that you're saying. So here in Tanzania, the way the greeting, the most important part of the conversation is, is the greeting, you know, so you can spend five minutes just greeting somebody. You know, just how are you? Just going thing like, how are you? And how are your family? How is your wife how, or your partner? And how is where you've come from? The journey you've taken to get to here? How was that? Was that okay? Is it, you know, and it's, it's all those extra bits just to, just to, before you even get to the conversation, <laughs> you know, and that's really, really important, you know, to, 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 to be aware of. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, we found that. And, you know, the, I think from the kids' perspective, it's been, been more challenging you know they they get lessons at, at school um but you know i think they found it just um yeah a bit harder because obviously they're in their pair in their pair groups a lot as i said a lot of the kids are you know of east african origin so their level of kiswahili is fluent you know and so it's like i guess like uh, and way around when you're at school and you know uh, uh, someone comes into your class and they're from a non-english speaking country you know they're you know, going to be they're, they're, this. It's very intimidating to come into an environment where everyone speaks language so confidently and fluently, and you are just really learning the fundamentals and basics. You know, so for the kids, it's been a, a bit of a challenge in that way. Um, but yeah, and because they can just get by with the English as well. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. That I think that there's exactly. not there's not really a driver for them to feel like they really need to learn the language. Um, although we really want mm. them to. Don't we? It's so good yeah. to have another language and be able to yeah. speak like the language of the place that you live in. Exactly. Um, but we pick our battles. No, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of people out there when they decide to learn a language, it becomes that short-lived passion. And some people can get put off when they realise there's a bit more than just, you know, the you know basic French that a lot of people would take at school. But just, yeah. just on the kind of topic of learning Swahili, um, a lot of people, um, especially around kind of Europe, there's, there's so many different kind of fundamentals and roots of language, you know, when it comes to like the Slavic language, Greek basic language, and a bit of like from the Scandinavian. And 
even like I, when I was out in China, I tried learning Mandarin and it's learning how to position your mouth and your tongue and make the different sounds and how many different words can mean different things based on how you're pronouncing it. How are you, how are you finding like learning Swahili? Is there such a drastic change? I mean, obviously there is, but how do you find like changing how you talk, if that makes sense? It's um, like even trying to pick up certain Slavic words is quite difficult, let alone reading them. But how have you found Swahili? How, how have you found the learning process for that and adapting? Um, so for me, it's been a bit different because I've because I spent time in Kenya and Swahili is a language in Kenya as well. I came here with like some basic Swahili, but the, the but what I didn't realise is how different the Swahili is here. So in Kenya, it's a lot more kind of it's, it's a different dialects, I guess. And so the Swahili that I kind of knew had to be ditched because what Darren is saying is that it's very it was much more formal here so actually his Swahili has got way better than mine because he's taking these lessons and he's able to really kind of like interact well and I just kind of stick to the basics now don't I <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's, it's like I guess when you immerse yourself when you're living somewhere you're immersed in it so like anything is repetition um as well and you know, Kiswahili, to be honest, it's compared to like Chinese, Chinese or to, to Mandarin, um, it's it's a lot simpler. You know how it sounds is how it's spelt. And so, where in in Mandarin, I I've done a bit. I went to China as well, and you know you can say something, and it means you know like the complete opposite of of what or completely different to what you actually intended. You know to for it to mean. Um, we're here. You sounding about right? You're probably around about on track. You know, it's it's not too dissimilar it's to what it actually in means. English, though, and it? yeah, it's all written in that. It's all written in English. They use English lettering to to spell out their words. So again, it's 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 a lot simpler in that way. But the it's the it's the real cultural differences, you know. And you know what what the biggest thing in Tanzania is, and I guess a lot of East Africa is because it's the the historically it's the tribal traditions the tribe each tribe had their own language each tribe had their own dialect you know, and then that's been kind of nationalized in Kiswahili you've got all the different variations of Kiswahili within the tribes and the way they speak it as well so um but again these are things that you just have to be mindful of really it's not really been you know I, I don't know but it's, for me it's just been something I've been I've embraced and really enjoyed and again people are really patient here you know they they give you the time to to say things wrong and you know and laugh and laugh with you about it. There's a bit of you know, about how you know you said it wrong, but here's here's the right way of saying it. But we understand what you're saying. Don't worry, it's okay. You know. And they don't mind if you Google translate something. So what we'll do, we'll Google translate something and then still try and say it in Swahili, even though yeah. you said it in English. We'll probably they don't understand. Be okay, but yeah. the fact you're trying is really amazing. You know, and you, know, you can even spell it out. And they're, what does this mean? I like, will say it, and you know, they're like, "Oh, I got it!" And then they'll practice with you. You know, like it's, uh, yeah, it's been it's been quite fun in that sense. You know, oh no, that's amazing. I mean, it's that's always a great thing. I, I mean, I go into certain places. It's probably the best example, and I hear it from a lot of people when people go to places like Japan. You can try and speak Japanese. But then they're so eager to speak English back to you that you end up not having to speak any Japanese at all. You mentioned that you're having this wonderful back and forth with uh, the community when you go to the shops. Um, and is do people easily switch between English and Swahili with you, or are people 
happy to continue speaking Swahili because they know that you're learning it? Are they happy to keep it going or are they back and forth with you? It depends, you know, because they they don't teach English here until, um, was it Form 7, until they're like 11 years old? Yeah, in the, the, the Tanzanian school system is taught in Swahili. It's taught in Swahili. Initially. So there's a lot of people that wouldn't have really learned English at all. Um, so they, yeah, so they've only learned by interacting with tourists mainly, and obviously other people in their community, and you know, they've and music they listen to in the same way you know you pick up words in other languages. Um, so it depends who you're talking to. Isn't it does it? depend. So some people and, don't speak English, and also in Tanzania, there's a lot of pride. There's a lot of pride of their culture in that in that way. Um, so you know they would prefer you if you're if you're speaking tan speaking swahili they will want to continue the conversation in swahili because they you know there's a lot of pride in the fact that you know we're a swahili speaking nation um but if you're clearly struggling and you've got no clue about what you're talking about they will absolutely go to english be like okay look this is this is probably what you're meaning or this is they'll they'll do it in that way if they can if they can we've had struggles sometimes where we haven't been able to understand and then there is that language barrier because the person who was speaking to you doesn't speak English mm. and then we don't have the Swahili. So we've needed to kind of like find someone or, you know, just be like, sorry, like we just have to leave this here because we don't understand. We don't understand. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's usually on hand someone who's willing to help. Like they'll go, okay, wait here. And they get someone who can speak a bit better English. And if that person still can't do it. They go get another person <laughs> then, and they're all of a sudden, then they're more fluent. And, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, finally. And then that person's then like translating for everybody. You know, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> From everything that you've kind of said so far and everything that obviously you guys quite happily share in your story through uh, through Instagram, seeing all these amazing places, it sounds just absolutely phenomenal where, where you're at at the moment. But with the children, you've mentioned you've done your research on it, getting jobs, the, the, the school will help you find your accommodation and set up the whole experience. But outside of, say, researching how safe is Tanzania, what is, what is you know, those kind of, let's just say, more... more things I have to have to live. This this is my research here. What was your fun research like? Everyone wants to know, especially when it comes to having kids, you know, where is the nearest, you know, RK, where's the nearest family swimming pool? These kind of little moments to keep the kids happy and have that family time, I suppose. What was the fun research and what have you found there is to do as a family now that you're you're out there? Um, Aisha, how, how did you find the research? Obviously going out there with the school, they would have given you some kind of tips and tricks maybe for the area? Yeah, um, yeah, to a certain extent. Um there wasn't there wasn't actually much conversations that we had about like what is there for the kids to do. It was more so the kind of conversations about, you know, making sure that, you know, is it is it viable in terms of is there things to do here? Like is there places to eat? My um Alicia has a really severe nut allergy, so that's always something that we really take into consideration. Like how are they with like peanuts and luckily it's not really a massive worry here either um when it comes to like fun things for the kids to do I think for younger children particularly it's such an amazing place to live because there's all these swimming pools and you know the sea and the ocean and water parks and you know there's always things that you can do to like entertain younger kids when it comes to like teenagers there it is limited in terms of fun things to do here you know there isn't really big shopping malls um there isn't really like we said before like that freedom of being able to just go for a walk and catch a bus and go somewhere with your friends 
So what we've done is cultivated this kind of, you know, have your friends over, you know, let's bring them around. We can do something. We can go somewhere with them, go to your friends' houses and just create those kind of relationships where like once they've like made friends, I've reached out to the parents and like really try to like just build that community for the kids so that they get to just spend time with their friends as well and have fun with them in that way. Um, because in terms of like actual things to do, like there's cinema, um, there isn't really like mass activity, is there? Well, there, there isn't, but then it's also like there is because there's also experience. Like we're going to Zanzibar next week. Yes, you know, for you know a few days, you know, and uh, Zanzibar is like you know one of the top ten places to visit in the world, and we're going as if it's like a trip to Brighton. You yeah, know? so like, we get to do stuff like that. <laughs> there's there's these there's you know there's trade off. So day to day is a more of a struggle for teenagers because they again it's more the it's not so much the things to do it's more the freedom to do things mm. because as a teenager we, we didn't do much i didn't do much as a teenager when i was I just hung around the estate or hung around like you know the the area of my mates and we just like went to the park and just you know just chilled out there maybe kicked the ball around right but you don't really have that kind of freedom here because everything's got a compound it's obviously it's just not that type of setting um but you get to go, we can go on safari, you know, there's, yeah. uh, you know, you can go or to the Masamara Serengeti, you can go, you know, we went to Arusha and we saw Mount Kilimanjaro, yeah. you know. There's, we did there's... a whole road trip, like, so in December, we had, like, what's good as well about our holidays, you get extra holidays, so December we had, like, four weeks off, but we did this road trip, we drove from, like, Dar, did, like, 13-hour drive to Arusha, and then we drove to Kenya, um, so, yeah, like, we get to do stuff like that, that we wouldn't so get to do. So it's different experiences for yeah, them, isn't it? it's big experiences, but it's not the small, it's the small day-to-day ones that, that teenagers, you, you just yeah. want that free, just to get away from your adults, get away from your parents, you know, and just do whatever you want, like, you know? And Yeah. Um, but in answer to your question as well about, like, the fun stuff, mm-hmm. like, where we spend most of our time after school is at home. And so what we've been able to do is facilitate a home life for them that is not what they had before. But they have like, they each have their own bedroom with their own bathroom. Like no one shares a bathroom in our house, which is a little thing, but it's a massive thing, isn't yeah. it? Right? We've got yeah. pets, like we've got four well, dogs. Dreams for every family. Right? Yeah. Um, and you know, like having like yeah. our pets, which is something that, you know, we've never been able to have four dogs in the UK. And we've got four dogs here, but again, wasn't planned, no. but has happened. <laughs> um, and that's something that, you know, where we spend most of our time here, like at home, is just we've got beautiful space that we live in, you know? So that makes a massive difference as well, I think. No, definitely. And what about, um, obviously, fun things for the kids to do? Yeah, I completely understand. Around, you know, the UK, kids hang, you know, the skate parks, there's malls to go to. There's just shops to, to linger in. I remember doing all the same thing, hanging out under bridges with a bunch of mates with a with a strong bow because that's all like yeah, that's apparently all fourteen year old British kids tend to do. <laughs> but as we all get older, if they find a strong bow out there, maybe they've earned it. I don't know. But, as as we'll know, as you get older, you know, hanging out under a bridge drinking a drinking a strongbow just doesn't cut the same thing when you're, you know, in your late 20s and early 30s. And you tend to want to do other things when you're getting older. What about fun things for you two as as the parents? What, what is, okay, kids are with the neighbours, we're going to have a night for ourselves. What is the date night like for a couple um, in Tanzania? So uh, I'll ask this as a two-part. Darren, what's the ideal date night for you? And then Aisha will come on to you afterwards. So Darren, what's the ideal date night when it's just you two? 
Yeah, thanks, Greg. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I've planned it quite well. Yeah, well, in regards to Dar, there is a, there is a nightlife scene, um, but you know, it's it's been really interesting because we've actually we really enjoy each other's company, and so sometimes just as long as we're together, you know, we 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 found that we just have fun everywhere, you know. So. Um, you know, we've been out and we've been like gone to, we've literally gone to restaurants and we've been in this lovely restaurant and we'd be like, oh, I'd just rather be at home. Just, you know, you know, the kids are away, the kids are out, like, you know, or like, you know, it's all quiet. Like, we could just have the house to ourselves, you know, we could just be on our own, you know. So, you know, that is, there's, there's those things as well. But, um, yeah, you know, in terms of a, a nightlife and dark, there's amazing restaurants, you know, there's, um, you know, there's nightclubs and bars. But again, this, that isn't really, it's not really our, our vibe anymore, you know. It's not really something that we we tend to do. Um, we we tend to do spend a lot of time as a family, you know. If we're honest, you know, we do do a lot of we put a lot of our energy doing family stuff. And I guess because we're still, you know, we're very mindful that you know there have been those um, struggles for the kids for them to be entertained and encouraged. So we want to we do things as a family during the day and in the evenings. We tend to just you know to chill out and talk you know we'll, we'll play chess you know and like <laughs> you know and like and read together and yeah you know we we just we just kind of uh, our lifestyle was a, a bit more like that and again it's all around actually just spending quality time together rather than going out and being somewhere you know uh, on an evening um that's kind of really how things have been you know it's uh you know saying i don't know i, don't know, I wasn't sure if that was the answer you was expecting but you know that's the, the life we have you know <laughs> i'd love to sit home and play chess but the wife doesn't know how to play it and she almost doesn't refuse wants to refuse to learn but um i mean that i think that's the one and especially in the area you're in I'll, I'll try i mean i've got enough chess sets so I'm, I'm obsessed with it but I mean, i'll try and do it this weekend but i've been trying for a while now <laughs> And what about you, Aisha? Um, same answer, or are there those little moments that um you like to have, just you and Darren? Yeah, no, like I, we definitely like to have like our adult time as well, mm. for sure. Like, and but what Darren's saying is right. Like, we do spend a lot of time like as a family, um, and our lifestyle has changed like in ways that we didn't really expect. So, like before we moved, we were like you know drinking. Pying. yeah like going out we'd go out to bars and like restaurants bars like we would even like just drink wine at home um, like yeah. we would we would like that's how we used to live and since we moved here without us even it wasn't anything that we planned like just the alcohol's just kind of fallen away like we don't really drink anymore really like and i think a lot of that a lot of that kind of like going out vibe is linked to drinking so because we're not really on this whole vibe of like going out and drinking and being hungover. Um, we just don't really party, I guess. So, but we do still have like dates, don't we? We go on date nights. Yeah. In fact, um, we play like, we play like card tournaments and then we have like, whoever wins has to like organize something. So like Darren's up for date night. Um, so <laughs> dun, 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 waiting. Surprise, um, yeah. yeah, surprise date night organizing. But we we just we do just spend a lot of time together, the two of us. We don't really watch TV, um, talk loads, and yeah. yeah, like we do loads of things together. Like we exercise together. We because we share so many like <clears throat> we see the world in a really similar way, and because we share so many like things that we like doing, it's not like we go off and do things separately and come together. Like we both love exercises, so we work out together. You know, we both 
our foodies so we'll cook together and we just do things together a lot of the time yeah like, really. like we built fire pits which light fire outside and uh, under the stars and full moon just like yeah just be at the fire and just like again just talking and just you know sharing experiences you know it's kind of how we live yeah oh wow well i really don't envy either of you in all honesty but <laughs> um yeah it's you're making it sound like you've actually moved and I can see what you mean by you've gone to live kind of the this real dream and you have really left the rat race it seems everything you've told me so far feels nothing like London feels nothing like that at all but do you two feel like you've still got a little bit of say muscle memory from being in the UK that every now and then slips in like always walking on the left and getting a little bit agitated when someone walks on your side of the path or <laughs> have you found with as you mentioned that this kind of drink and cultures left in the UK as well have you lost a bit of this muscle memory of of London and just living that life um it so, comes in moments you know like driving driving out here is yeah wild you know and because if it drive everyone drives in the same way drive on the left Right, and you know the same, the same kind of rules of the road, but you know zebra crossings, for example, not a thing. You know, there's they're zebra crossings, but it's completely depend on uh, up to the driver whether you want to stop or not. So you so traffic lights, traffic lights the same. Like it could be a red light and people going, you know, and it's like it's like roundabouts. What, <laughs> what is happening? And you got people on bikes crisscrossing in front of you. You know, you have got the tuk as they called in Asia, but over here they called the judges. You know, these guys are all just going for it. So, you know, that can be frustrating because no one has any patience or any etiquette in that way. So where, and so when you go back to UK, you're like, oh, you know, there's a bit of, you know, a bit of order in that sense, you know, just driving, you know, it's just, you just feel a lot more, you know, like, oh yeah, this, this, this is what I'm used to. Okay, this is good, you know. Um, but really like, there's, you know, it's just, it's just so different. You know, the environment is so different. You can't really compare the two. It's like, when I'm here, mm. when we're here, we have our, you know, Dar Islam Tanzania hat on and we're operating in this environment. Then when we back to London, we switch back into London mode and, you know, it's just like you've never left, you know, in that way as well. It's very, you know, seamless because, again, we grew up there. So mm. it is a part of us, you know, we're still Londoners in that sense. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's not something that has kind of crossed over mm. where, you know, because we and I understand we're in a completely different environment, completely different culture. So, we can't really expect people to mm. be the same way as they as we are used to in London. Um, so yeah, no. yeah, I find that. Like, and, uh, sorry, go on. Oh, please, please, no, no, please. No, I was going to come on to you. So no. please, Aisha, tell me. Thank you. And I was just going to say it's a it's a bit different for me as well because I have a job, like a, a nine to five, like a job of employment, and that is not the dream. Like our vision was never to for me to like be working all the time that but but that is what has enabled us to to come here you know like what we want to do like my passion is like our business and you know like coaching and us wanting to like just go and live off grid really but but there's steps mm. to that and I can be a little bit impatient in that way so for me like there is that frustration in a way of where I'm going to work all the time knowing that this facilitates our life our life here but it's not like long term what we want to be doing. So there is still that kind of like same similar feeling of like when I was in the UK and working all the time, I do get bouts of that here as well. Where I'm just like, 
comes to working all the time, you know, and I'm just so tired from work all the time. And, you know, so there is that similarity as well. And it is, you know, when you're in a school, it is really fast paced in that way, no matter where you are in the world. Um, mm. So, yeah, there is that as well. And also mentioning that that's going to be your dream of your, your business that you're starting, and that's going to be hopefully the end goal. It might be too early to kind of have a definitive answer from you, but is Tanzania the, the long-term plan, do you think? Um, I, Aisha, what, what do you think? Or is it still too early days? It's really hard to know because we, and we really like it here. We do. Like, we like it here. We really like the lifestyle. But it's, we haven't actually, like, taken that step yet in terms of, like, you know, planting anything that's really kind of like long term like we could just get up and go if we wanted to still so I think that we're not for me personally like I don't know I don't know the answer yeah I guess the first thing the hardest thing was to to leave the UK and that was the first steps now once we now we've made that move right we know that if for whatever reason, we feel that actually there, there may be a, a more suitable opportunity for not just us, but obviously for our family, um, then we can, we can make that choice. We can, we can make that move. You know, it's not as, not as big an obstacle as it was actually thinking about leaving the UK. So, you know, it is a bit too early to tell, you know, we're still really just settling. We're only really now starting to feel settled here in, in Tanzania. Um, you know, for us to really think, okay, do we see ourselves here forever? You know, because you know, there are so many other places in the region that we can explore. We might go, for example, on a trip to Ethiopia and think, oh, my gosh, like, we love it here, you know, and think maybe we should consider, you know, doing something over here, you know, or going to Rwanda, for example, or, or seeing another side part of Kenya. And, you know, so there's there's so many options that, you know, we don't want to we don't just want to rule out. Um, but for now, right, where we are right here. Tanzania is very much serving, you know, the the the, the purpose that we wanted to. You know, we wanted to live somewhere which is you know, a warmer climate, you know, an environment that it was uh, inclusive for us to be able to raise children in, you know, in a somewhere that's safe and somewhere that in a community that teaches different certain values than you that you get from the UK. And you know, like I said, we can go to like you know Zanzibar, you mm. know, we can go on safari, we can go, you know, there's there's, there's all that that sense of adventure as well that yeah. comes with being here too um so for now it's fulfilling its purpose yeah and we're know? both quite big believers in that when it comes to the time when we want to make that decision we'll know we'll know yeah. then that the answers will just come to us and you know whatever is meant to transpire for us will and we'll just be able to work together and take the whatever steps we need to to like do the best do the right thing for us right yeah exactly no, definitely. I think that's a fantastic way to live out. I know every again a lot of the people that I've spoken to who've like moved abroad, and even when it comes to just like taking short term contract work abroad, everyone tends to say one more year, one more year, or when it's right, it's right. I'll know when I know. But I think a lot of the things. I suppose the question I want to ask you both: you mentioned that when the time's right, you'll know. Do you think moving back to London is going to be one of those moments, or do you think now that you've taken that leap of moving out of London and out of the UK? Do you think you're going to be living living abroad, living that expatriate life potentially <laughs> for good? Or again, is this still too early? Um, what do you think, Darren? I, yeah, I can't. I can't see us going back to the UK. Really, you know, 
we, we visit, you know, we visit, you know, uh, two, three times. I've visited, you know, a bit more, but, you know, we, we visit, you know, at least twice a year. Um, our intention is anyway. So we still have that connection to, to our family and to people there, you know, video calls. We've had, you know, uh, one of Aisha's best friends came and visited us, you know, just last week, you know. So, you know, they're, it's not, we're not, it's even though we're in a different country, it's actually not that far, you know, you can still make the effort to, to, to have those connections and be with people that, what we really miss about UK, like, you know, what, but in terms of living our life and the lifestyles that we, we, we envision for ourselves, I don't see that being in the UK, to be honest. You know, it's like little things, you know, not, we're both, you know, we don't eat meat and, you know, don't have dairy and, you know, to live, we, we very much believe in living like, uh, 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 eating a lot of like organic and fresh stuff or in the UK to eat that way it's double it, it costs more you know to eat healthier and uh, we're over here you, you can buy like you know some avocados bananas and mangoes you know massive like fresh off plucked off the off the tree you know for like pound 50 you know and you've got all your whole you know two day supply of fruit and veg you know it's just like <laughs> you know so there's there's those lifestyle things priorities that you know are more aligned with our own choices in our own life so you know that's I just don't see it and what about you you Aisha I'm obviously on the same wavelength as Darren but after after yeah. all this and where you want to go with like your career stay abroad yeah I feel the same I feel like the reasons that we left London are the same so if we were to go back to the UK for whatever reason it would still have all those all those feelings about why it's just not aligned with us um no yeah no i definitely don't see us going back going back to london to live but we'll definitely keep visiting for sure yeah 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 exactly that's probably the best thing to do i I can't blame you um (laughs) i suppose what would be really good for expats to know uh, or potential expats especially if they're looking to come out to africa so big so vast and the thing that's been dominating the news um in the uk for a long time now it feels too long is the cost of living obviously we're coming out of winter now so um you know you've obviously been enjoying much nicer weather but what is, have you found the cost of living out there this is the one thing everyone takes into consideration i was doing the same thing when i before i moved to china how much you know for me it was like how much is a is a is a big mac just but only because you can find a mcdonald's bloody everywhere so that's an easy conversion right but you always tend to ask okay how much is you know water how much is this how much is that and you start to budget yourselves but how have you two found the cost of living obviously with, with a house with kids with food obviously you mentioned avocados which for any, anyone in the uk that's almost too important not to have but tell me what what is the cost of living like and was it a shock realizing how small it was compared to the uk when you got out there yeah um, what, what, what did you find Aisha? i mean obviously you, you come from from the school i suppose so you you i suppose dive into a bit more and like maybe resources but yeah, what, what's the what's the cost of living like out there for you? It's, yeah, like the cost of living is it's different. You know, there's certain things that, for example, like what Darren's talking about, like, you know, fresh fruit and veg, which are amazingly cheap. But if you want anything that is imported at all, like Kellogg's, you know, you're going to be paying extortionate prices for things like those kind of like food. Eating out is something that is cheaper than, than the UK, for sure. Um but where for us, because we've moved away, we have this big cost of taking our five of us back to the UK, you know, like to go and visit. Um, so that's something that 
is that balance you know when you're living in 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 the uk you might go on like a holiday but you might not go on holiday every year whereas we like are committed to making sure that we do go back like at least once a year for maybe twice like for the kids to like have those experiences but in terms of like locally we can go to zanzibar on now we've all got our like residents and we're all residents of tanzania now we can go to zanzibar really cheap rates and do things like that that's really like just completely different to the price that you'd pay coming from the uk so there is that balance and you know sometimes it isn't what i envisaged in terms of like oh we're just gonna have like loads of excess it's not like that there is still like we still have to budget and you know we are a family of five with pets like we still do spend an extortionate amount of money on food um and you know we have the fans on all the time so there's like you know the electricity like there is still yeah, no, like Wi-Fi you know, is, real the internet out here is oh, wi-fi is it's crazy the cost crazy. of wi-fi is is insane you know it, you're talking about you know 60 70 quid you know for it doesn't even last it doesn't even last like, a month you know and so you know there's there's exactly there's those balances you know it, it depends but then as a part of that, you know, we live in a five bedroom house, you know, and it's all you know, en suite and everything like that. And there's, you know, on a quarter of acre of land and, and all these things. But, you know, it really comes down, what what I would say for anyone moving out here is to be mindful of your income revenue streams, you know, because, you know, we've had to, you know, use a lot of our savings as well to facilitate a move. But also, you know, now we're here, you know, it's not just about living off your savings, you know, it's about being able to have your savings and also to take the income, you know, where, um, so it's also being mindful of like, can do, you, are you able to not just have a life here, but also sustain a life here, you know? And so it's, it's those, it's those balances, but, you know, in terms of like day to day, we compared to like the cost of living UK, you know, it's, it's very, yeah, it's very different. Our lifestyle here is completely different yeah. to, to how it was in the UK. You know, like completely different. Yeah. And it is different because we are like we a family, you know. Like if you're moving by yourself and, you know, you obviously have like cheap accommodation and you are only paying for one person, there's definitely potential to, to save, oh gosh, like yeah. for sure. But, you know, because of, you know, we're also paying school fees. It is discounted, but it is still, you know, a really private, expensive school. Um, so there's that expense well so there is like just extra things that we've had to consider (laughs) but having that you know it is doable you know it is doable and things like you know having children and moving abroad is something that so many people that's the thing that would stop stop people isn't it like i don't want to move with my children i'll wait for them to get older or you know that whole thing about we moved here with only me working but knowing that you know we are going to start this business and that is something that will you know follow our passions and just that belief of like actually like we can just go and do something what we actually believe in what we actually are passionate about and so yeah like it is still early days it's really early days for us isn't it well to be fair it sounds like some what a lot of people kind of search for and i i just want to say this has been an absolutely um phenomenal i've i've really loved talking to you too and just hearing this like incredible you make it sound so so just just so wonderful make it sound so warm so inviting and just beautiful and um, before we kind of wrap it up, I just have to ask one, one more thing. Darren, you mentioned, obviously, you, you came to Aisha and you said, wouldn't it be nice to live by the beach? As I found, um, being a husband, a lot of times, a lot of men will say, this will be really fun. This will be really nice. And maybe it tends to be one of those things you do once or twice. How often are you, how often are you all as a family down sat by the beach just staring out at the ocean? 
Yeah. Um, what do you think? Yeah, because again, it's quite a lot. You know, we were there just the other day. Um, you know, here there's, you know, you've got resorts along the beach so you can go for the day and they'll have a pool there. And, you know, there's a restaurant and then there's a little private bit of beach that they've got that you just have access to. So, you know, I take the dogs for the walk, for a walk on the beach as well, you know, and it's 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 a 20 minute drive from where we live. So, you know, it's, it's like a lot of things. Like when you live somewhere, you know, it, when it's always there, you know, it's not necessarily, it's not a novel thing anymore. You know, it's just, it's always, it's just there. You know, we drive, we'll, we'll see it as we go, as we drive uh, on into town. Like, you know, there's, there's, the, there's the sea, you know? So it's, um, yeah, it's something that, you know, we all, we do, you know, or, or you know, for, as, as part of, you know, they say, do you fancy again, taking, should we take dogs and walk, say, at the beach as a family? Like, yeah, let's do it. Or shall we go to Ledger Plaza, as it's called, and spend the day chilling by the beach? Like, yeah, let's do it. You know, like, it's, it's just there as an option. Um, but it's stunning. It's beautiful. You know, and um, it, again, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just, again, a different pace, different way of life. And it's funny because Dar is a big city. You know, there's a major city. There's 10 plus million people here. Um, massive commercial hub for Tanzania. But it's on the coast. So it's also a coastal town kind of vibe. Even though it's a big city, there's, everything's very like, you know, yeah, pole pole, you know, it's like slowly, slowly, like, you know, don't worry, yeah, hakuna matata, hamna shida, you know, you know, it's all very, you know, coastal. So, uh, you know, it's just a, integrated into the, to the fabric of this community that we're on the coast. Mm. Um, you know, it does make a difference as well. Like even every day we drive to work, we live like on a hill, and we drive to work and we turn a corner and there's the sea, there's like the sea. it's in the background, but it's there. And, you know, we do like take a moment, you know, a lot of days to be like, oh, look at that view, you know, like how beautiful is this? Which, you know, you just don't get on your daily commute, you know, to work normally, you know, there's so many trees and nature and it's just beautiful, you know, and just it's easy to become um, desensitized, you know, to yeah. what's around you and just being really like, mindful of just, holding on for a moment is to be like guys can we just take a moment to just appreciate that this is where we live and look at this view and this is so amazing and there's like, a tropical island over there yeah you can swim with turtles like this is where we are yeah. <laughs> i can't believe it. i know there's a lot of people who live in parts of the world where if i you know if i go to new york i'm going to be i'm going to stop and stare at the statue of liberty when i was um you know out in japan staring at mount fuji i stop and stare but again as you mentioned you get desensitized to these kind of eye-catching jaw-dropping moments and I think everyone has these moments where they realize they take it all in and they realize you know holy crap I'm here I've done it I've you know I've moved so before wrapping up Aisha what was the first moment where you had to stop and stare and just say to yourself we've done it we're here oh my god we've had did you have that moment and do you remember what it was yeah I think um (laughs) There's been, there's been a few like um when we first got here we came for a week without without the kids and we went off to Zanzibar the two of us and it very much still felt like holiday kind of a holiday mode but we um the the, the accommodation that the school had found for us we didn't like it and we wanted to find our own and while we were in Zanzibar we found somewhere so we came back from Zanzibar and we came to visit this house that we're in now and I think that was like a massive moment for me where I was just like, oh my God, like, look at this house that we're actually going to live in. That's just 
just a dream. Like it's just beyond anything that I envisaged that would happen for us so quickly. And I think that was a massive moment of just like, wow, like this is just incredible. And, you know, we, it, it was hard, you know, it was, it was hard to make that decision to move. And it was hard to, we faced a lot of well-meaning people that love us that were, you know, going along with it, but not happy with, not keen on us making this move. And we had to, you know, it took a lot of courage to be like, no, like we actually think this is what's right for us and we're going to do it. Um, so yeah, I think that was definitely a big moment for us, for me personally, both of us really. I mean, we looked at each other as well. We're like, oh my god, like look at this face. Yeah, so, literally. Yeah. Do you have any other moments? Well, you Dan, was that was that the same first moment? Yeah. Again, as Aisha said, it's it's hard to just pinpoint one because there's been many. There's been many moments where you think, God, we're really here. Like, wow, like we're here. And I think something that stands out to me was actually on the road trip. Because it was the first time we got a chance to see more Tanzania outside of Dar es Salaam. Because before then we hadn't really left Dar, like you know, we'd so we'd literally hit the road and driving through Tanzania, you know, and seeing all the different like towns and villages and like seeing like little things like the the soil was red, you know, rich copper red soil, and it was just looked amazing. And then next thing you know, the giraffe is crossing the road, and you're just like oh my gosh, like we are like, it was just, you can't put words to it. It's like, this is amazing. You know, like we have literally, we are here, you know, like driving across Tanzania, you know, in our car. Um, yeah, like this, this is, this is what we, this is what we moved here for, you know, this kind of experience. <clears throat> and for me, that was a big, a big moment in that, in that, in that, we like that again, that it comes in waves, I guess to put it, uh, another wave of, we've made this move like here we are like wow you know and um so that's that's kind of what brings springs to mind no it's wonderful and Aisha I suppose the 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 real final kind of question for people thinking about moving abroad is obviously you came you, you're out there you're the teacher you went through tes.com what are what are the steps what are the questions that you should be asking yourself before kind of moving your career and family abroad if you're before you hit apply on that job um application what 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 questions did you have to ask yourself and reaffirm to yourself before hitting apply um so definitely like doing research into the place like where it is little things like you know checking the tax brackets and you know because obviously there's a big thing about dubai and the uae and how it's like tax-free and you know it's not like that here, for example, it's not like that in a lot of other countries, and it does make a massive difference if, like, the tax things are really hot, the tax brackets are high. Um, and also, like, if you're a teacher, you know, there are lots, it, the benefits are vast depending on the school that you're going to and the country that you're going to, you know, and just being mindful that, you know, like, some schools offer free schooling for your, for children, and some will only offer it for two dependents. And just being like really aware of like what are my circumstances and what is it that I'm looking for here? Like, do I want medical insurance for the whole family? Is that included? Um, if you're somebody who's going somewhere by yourself, you know, moving somewhere where there is a bigger like expat community and where there is more kind of opportunities to meet people and you know, like, is the accommodation, for example, somewhere where there's other people like because there are schools where they'll house you in a group kind of housing where you've got your own place, but 
you know, there's lots of other people there around, like things like that, just taking into consideration like your own individual circumstances, but also knowing that, you know, a lot of these contracts are two year contracts and two years, it sounds like a long time, but it goes like this really as well. And there's just go for it because you can have this opportunity where you go and you learn so much about yourself that you don't realize that you're going to learn when you're just away from everyone and away from your home environment. And if you don't like it or if it doesn't work out or if, you know, you don't like being away from home, you can go back and nothing really much has changed. You know, the people are still there and, you know, the it, you can fit back into the UK quite easily. And what we found as well is similarly how you become desensitised to this beautiful area that we're in now. When we go back to London, we see it with fresh eyes as well, things that we were desensitised to living there, you know, and have these like, all moments of like how beautiful is this and how wonderful is this about the UK which is something that we weren't we definitely weren't feeling when we were living there so yeah like I think it's just it's always better to like regret the things that what is it regret the things that you did do then regret the things you didn't do something like that just go for it is my <laughs> my advice is just go for it and see what happens and you know there's always something to learn I've got to keep saying and one more question, but this will be the final one. You mentioned just go for it, just take take the leap, and I really admire that. I think it's a fantastic way, and everyone should just do it. They shouldn't be scared about, you know, worrying about taking that trip. But with um, ha- having children as well, that's that's the big thing. What would you say to parents who have been discussing it as well? Is it does it sound scarier than it actually doing it? I suppose is the real question because everyone has those million questions with their children, as we mentioned earlier. Is the reality of it, is it as scary as the, just the thought and the question? Um, you know what? Children are so adaptable. And I know that that is said, uh, but it's really true. They are so adaptable. And as long as like, as us, like we were really solid, you know, like in terms of we did it together as a family. The children had a lot of voice before we moved. Like It wasn't something that was put onto them, something that we decided together. You know, we've been able to kind of like support them where they've needed support but also just appreciate that, like, Alicia, for example, she talks about, you know, when I'm old, I'm going to go here and I'm going to go and do this and I'm going to travel here. And that comes from having done these kind of moves and, you know, like being able to see the world in that way. So I think that it's so enriching the things that they get from these kind of experiences. And, you know, like also doing things that are hard is okay. Facing challenges is okay being in uncomfortable situations is okay. Like that's part of life. And it's okay to feel scared. It's okay to be worried about something. And, you know, we can do it anyway. And look what happens. Like, you know, where nothing nothing too bad has happened from that. You know, we just get through it. So I think a lot of it is just about, you know, being there for them and having an open dialogue and, you know, expressing like, me expressing like I expressed to them I'm scared about you know going to a new job and I'm worried about that and I'm worried about how it's going to be and sharing that you know like these emotions that we feel don't have to hinder us they can just be something that we experience and we can do it anyway yeah again I just want to say thank you to you both for this this um, I think this has been really great and especially for for parents that can be brought so thank you for your time before you both go and I, um, um, I have my last quick fire questions that I like to ask everyone I'll start with Aisha and then the same question to you, Darren. So, short and sweet, don't try to think about it too much, but what advice would you give yourself prior to moving out here? If you could turn back time, what advice would you give to 
Aisha two years ago. Oh, God. I don't know. Um, oh, do you know what? Pack a spare suitcase full of, like, snacks that you wouldn't necessarily get here. I'd give. That's what my <laughs> advice would be to myself. And I'll take that advice now every time I go back to the UK. Yeah, spare suitcases of What's the snack of choice? Oh, rice crackers. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. I'd go for gaffer cake, but fair enough. <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, Darren, same question to you. What advice would you give yourself? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's really, it's really, I know you said it's quick fire, but actually it's just like... That's well, a deep question, it's a deep, Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what advice would I give it myself? Is, it is deep. Because <laughs> maybe you think, like, you know what... Um, I think, yeah, you know, just um, maybe just being a bit more prepared about what the things that you don't, you won't get, you know, um, from the UK. I think that's what Asha was like saying, you know, like just having you prepared in that in that way. But um, I don't know, yeah, I just I think the advice I've, I would have given myself is like, don't worry, everything's gonna be okay. Like everything's gonna be fine. You know, there's all those. Is actually more of what I was worried about before, you know, all the worries that stopped me from making this move to begin with, you know, once I've made it, I thought to myself, why haven't I done this before? Why didn't I do this earlier? You know, like that's, I guess that's the advice I would give is just like, you know what, if you, if you just do it, you know, and it's going to be okay. You know, so, um, a lot of people say that. And there was someone who um, said to me once that they're a huge fan of, uh, obviously Alice in Wonderland. And the quote they always use before they do anything was, um, I think Alice says to the rabbit, oh, what if what if I fall? And the rabbit says back, oh, what if you fly, Alice? And mm. I, I think it's a, it's a it's a wonderful quote to use, especially with people thinking on the fence about moving. Yeah, exactly. And talking about saying, Aisha, since being out there, obviously learning a bit of Swahili or maybe just embracing the culture, has there been a phrase that you've picked up that you've just fallen in love with and find yourself saying? Um... We say hakuna shida quite a lot, don't we? Like hakuna shida, no problem. It's no problem, no stress, no worries. Like we say that quite often. I like that. You? No, and that, uh, to be fair, from what you've told me, that seems like the perfect saying. Yeah. What about you, Darren? Yeah, pole pole. I like that one. Yeah, slowly, 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 slowly. You know, uh, pole pole. Everything's like yeah, pole pole. It's okay, like you know, and it's, it's what I like about it is like. Do anything slowly, slowly, but with intention. Your intention is to do it slowly and surely, you know. And like, I really like that. And it's so different from London vibes, that isn't so it? So different. Like, yeah, just like slow down. Like, slow relax. down. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Take like, your time. It's okay. It's okay if you're late. Don't worry. It's okay. Like, yeah. Now, if you said that to someone in London, you're going to get the worst, worst stare ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, just like, what are you on about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. The hell do you want about? I ain't got time. The tube's in two minutes. Who cares if there's one a minute later? <laughs> so, Aisha, a, lo- a lot of people, especially for, from London that I find, everyone in the UK has their playlists. Everyone enjoys their moments where they zone out and just relax and reflect with a bit of music. Is there a song on your playlist that you found yourself on every playlist that you've been enjoying since moving out there? Maybe one that reminds you of home or maybe one that is a tune to celebrate your move with. What's the song on your playlist? Um... So the, there's a song that I was listening to a lot before we moved. And so when I listen to it now, like it really reminds me of like how much like um, just kind of how 
powerful it was for me, like just thinking about what we're doing. And it's a elaborate song from Euphoria called All For Us. And um, yeah, I love that song. Yeah. And so that's a song that if I listen to that song, it just reminds me of like, you know, how it's just we're doing it, whatever challenges that like, we face, whatever hardships we go through, like we're just doing it all for us and it's like worth it. So yeah, I love that song. Wonderful one. Darren? Um, yeah, for me, there's um, a song I learned actually through for my show, actually. I've got uh, you introduce it to me. This uh, I know uh, who I am. Is it by... S- oh, by S- like Sinash. Or S- yeah, yeah, Sinash, right? Yeah. It's a Sinash song. I know who I am. So it's just like, it's such an uplifting, such a powerful song. And it's something that, you know, we've, I heard in the UK and I was like, this song's amazing. And then I've come over here and we put it on and you get other people singing it and you think, oh, like, this is a real like song that transcends, you know, continents, you know? So, uh, um, and again, it's, uh, it's that belief, that belief of knowing who you are. Like, you know, it's, there's a lot of doubt that comes from making a move like we have done, you know, and you know, you, it's easy to feel that you've lost yourself in, in that doubt and actually just staying present and knowing who you are and knowing the choices that we made back then were for the benefit of our, for our, for us. And, you know, we're here now reaping those choices, reaping the benefits of those choices. So, you know, you know who you are, you know the choices you've made, you know, and you're, you're exactly where you're meant to be. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's the song. That, well, that sounds like the perfect song for, for a playlist, for a move. So, I love that. <laughs> final question, and I swear this is the final question for you both. Obviously, you've made the move. You've got, you're, you know, Zanzibar's a trip to Brighton for you. But everyone has their bucket list. And as you've mentioned by Matt behind me, Aisha, what country is le- is on your bucket list to see that you have to see one day that you've yet to be to? Um, we were talking about this the other day, actually, about how we really want to go to India. Um, and But just that whole vision for me, really, like, you know, I've never been to India, Pakistan, and, you know, generations ago is where my family come from. So yeah, definitely that's that region is definitely somewhere that I want to go and want to take the children for them to experience, you know, their ancestry in that way. Oh, wonderful, uh, Darren. Same question to you. What country is on your bucket list? Yeah, like I said, India would definitely is great because India is just like a few hours trip from here because we need to share the Indian Ocean. But for me, um, South America. You know, I know it's a continent, uh, but, uh, but uh, specifically Guyana is where like my mum's family from. And, um, you know, you've got the Amazon rainforest there. You've got, again, for me, it's that journey of finding our heritage. Um, but I guess also there's, there's so many, but being being actually on the continent of Africa, you know, going to West Africa is, as I said, we said before, is actually somewhere we considered moving to. I very much would like to visit. You know, I very much like to go there, you know, to Ghana, Nigeria. One country. I know, but there's so many. There's so many. So, uh, to the bucket list, right? Here's the list, Greg. Here's the list. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I didn't say one either. Well, right. At least you know you've got plenty of places to go in, in the rest of, in, in your lives with the kids. So, yeah, exactly. start saving. um one more time uh darren aisha thank you so much for for sharing your story i've absolutely loved talking to both of you so so thank you so much yeah Yeah, it's been really good thank you 
happy travels and I really hope you have a wonderful trip to uh, your equivalent of Brighton for much warmer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Cheers, Greg. Thank you for joining us today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the Tales from Travellers podcast to stay up to date on past and future episodes. I'm always looking to share new stories from expats and repats from all over the world. So please reach out if you'd like to share your story. You never know, your story could be the one that helps someone make that life-changing choice. You can find us on Instagram at Tales from Travellers. I'd love to hear your story, and more importantly, I'd love to share it with the world. I look forward to hearing from you, but thanks again for joining me. And until next time, happy travels.